0: Chapter 37 of Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, living in the years 1807 to 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bob Lyon, Winchester, Kansas. Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, living in the years 1807-8, to by William Walker, Jr., Chapter 37. John Rennie, Fellow of the Royal Society, Law and Economics, etc. Born June 7, 1761. Died October 4, 1821. John Rennie was born at Fantassie, in the parish of Prestonkirk, in the county of East Lothian. His father was a highly respectable farmer, who died in 1766, leaving a widow and nine children, of whom John was the youngest. He acquired the first rudiments of his education at the village school, which was situated on an opposite side of a brook. To cross at this certain seasons of the year, it was necessary to make use of a boat, which was kept at the workshop of Andrew Meikle, an ingenious mechanic well known in Scotland as the inventor of the threshing machine. Young Rennie, having thus frequent occasion to pass through Meikle's workshop, became deeply interested in the various mechanical operations that were in progress and a great part of his leisure and holiday time was spent therein. During the evening, he employed himself in imitating the machines which had particularly attracted his attention, and when only ten years old, succeeded in constructing the model of a steam engine, a windmill, and a pile-driving machine. At twelve years of age, he left the Preston School and entered the service of Mr. Meikle, for a space of two years, at the end of which time, finding that a constant application to manual labor retarded the progress of his intellectual faculties, he determined to place himself under the tuition of Mr. Gibson, an eminent mathematical master at Dunbar. Here, young Rainey attended such proficiency in his studies, that when, two or three years afterwards, Mr. Gibson was appointed master to the public academy at Perth, he was able to undertake the temporary management of the Dunbar School. While at this school, he attracted the especial notice of Mr. David Locke, who, in describing a visit to Dunbar, makes particular mention of him as one likely to prove an honor to his country. On leaving Mr. Gibson, Rennie returned to Mr. Meikle, continuing more or less with that ingenious man for the next two or three years. His first essay, in practical mechanics, was the repairing of a corn mill in his native village, and he erected two or three others before he had reached the age of eighteen. While occupied in these works, Rennie took care at the same time to attend to his other studies, managing occasionally to visit Edinburgh, where he entered himself as a student at the university and attended the lectures of professors robison and black with the former gentleman he gradually formed an intimate acquaintance and was by him introduced to messrs bolton and watt of soho with whom he remained during the space of twelve months it being their wish to have engaged his services for a longer period but rennie conscious of his own powers, determined to make the capital the theatre of his future efforts. His first practical essay at Millwright work in England was The Rolling Mills at Soho, which were entirely remodeled and rebuilt under his direction. In 1784 he established himself in London and commenced work by the erection of the Albion Mills near Blackfriars Bridge, bolton and watt who had the direction of the steam engines having in accordance with the advice of professors robison and black entrusted to him the execution of the millwork mr watt in his notes to professor robison's account of the steam engine says that in the construction of the millwork and machinery they derived most valuable assistance from that able mechanician and engineer mr john rennie then just entering into business who assisted in placing them and under whose direction they were executed he also adds that the machinery which used to be made of wood was here made of cast iron and considers that this was the commencement of that system of millwork which has proved so beneficial to this country after executing this undertaking Rennie was employed on the flour mills at Wandsworth, and the rolling and triturating mills at the Mint. His mills, and particularly his water wheels, were regarded as models of perfection. While in all hydraulic works, he was the worthy successor of Smeaton. From this time until his comparatively early death in 1821, Rennie was constantly employed on various large and splendid undertakings, among which his bridges occupy an important place. Of these structures, the finest is the Waterloo Bridge over the Thames, begun in 1809 and finished in 1817. It is built of Aberdeen granite and consists of nine equal semi-elliptical arches of 20 feet span with a level roadway 45 feet wide from outside to outside of parapet which adds greatly to its beauty this bridge was opened to the public by the prince regent who offered at the time to confer upon mr rennie the honor of knighthood this offer however he declined london bridge which he designed but did not live to execute, was finished by his sons, Mr. George and Sir John Rennie. It is built of the finest blue and white granite from Scotland and Devonshire, and consists of five semi-elliptical arches, two of 130, two of 140, and the centre one of 152 and a half foot span, being perhaps the largest elliptical arch ever attempted. The beautiful stone bridge over the Tweed at Kelso, and those at Musselburgh and New Galloway, were also designed by him. When speaking of the first named of these bridges, Mr. Rennie used often playfully to declare that he considered himself a benefactor to his country, inasmuch as one of his earliest public works was to build a bridge across the Tweed. The iron bridges which he executed are the one at Boston over the Whittam with a span of 100 feet, and the Noble Bridge at Southwark over the Thames, begun in 1815 and opened in 1819. The latter consists of three circular arches of equal curvature, the center one having a span of 240 and the other two of 210 feet. The total weight of iron in the structure was 5,780 tons and the entire cost, including approaches, etc., 800,000 pounds. The improvement of harbors and the construction of docks occupied much of Mr. Rennie's attention, and in these operations his diving bell apparatus was of peculiar value. Smeaton was the first who used the diving bell effectually for building with stone underwater. The machine he employed for that purpose was, however, very defective and could only be used in certain situations. But Rennie, by improvements in the instrument itself and in the machinery by which its movements could be regulated, was enabled to carry on masonry and the foundations of seawalls, piers, and quays, as well underwater as above it. He first employed his apparatus in 1813 in building the East Pierhead at Ramsgate, the foundations of which were seventeen feet below low water at spring tides. It was afterwards used in founding the pierheads and outer walls of the harbors at Holyhead, Howth, and Sheerness, and other works under his direction. Amongst the numerous wet docks introduced at Liverpool in 1716, and since constructed at almost all the principal seaports in the kingdom, Mr. Rennie executed the London docks and those at Leith, Dublin, Hull, and Greenock, and also the East and West India docks in conjunction with Jessup and Ralph Walker. He also constructed the harbours of Queensferry, Berwick, Howth, Holyhead, and that at Kingston, the largest attempted in this country. At the low water of spring tide, the depth of this harbour was 26 feet, while the area enclosed amounted to 250 acres. The breakwater at Plymouth, for protecting the sound from the swell of the sea, was likewise designed by him and Mr. Whitby, and was the first and largest example of a detached breakwater in this country. One of the most useful works executed by Mr. Rennie was the drainage of the Great Fen district bordering upon the rivers Trent, Widham, New Welland and Ouse, and extending 60 miles in length by 25 in breadth. In the carrying out of this great work, by which many hundreds of square miles were rendered productive and the salubrity of the district improved he was assisted by mr telford and his son sir john rennie the chief canals of which he was engineer are the Kennet, avon crinan rochdale and lancaster the naval dockyards at portsmouth plymouth chatham and sheerness also attest his skill as an engineer The latter was a mere quicksand, forty feet deep, mixed with mud and the wreck of old ships, the whole of which was excavated, and a magnificent basin constructed with a surrounding wall of granite, with which three large and commodious dry docks communicated. Several magnificent works of great public utility were proposed to the government by Mr. Rennie, but never executed. The most remarkable of these is his design for a great naval arsenal on the Thames at Northfleet, intended as a substitute for the imperfect naval establishments on the river. It was to consist of six capacious basins, with an area of 600 acres within the walls, and to comprehend machinery for every operation connected with the naval science. The estimated cost of this noble plan was eight millions, which might have amounted to 10 or 11 millions, but would even then have been a measure of economy compared with the vast sums expended on the old establishments on the Thames and Medway. Before closing this present brief account of this celebrated engineer's life and works, his lighthouse on the bell rock must not be passed by without notice. Like the Eddystone, it was built of stone commenced in 1806 and finished in 1811, it still remains an enduring monument of the skill of its architect. Until within a few years of his death, Mr. Rennie enjoyed robust health, but he was cut off in the 61st year of his age after a few days' illness. He was buried in St. Paul's Cathedral, his remains being interred near to those of Sir Christopher Ren. End of chapter thirty-seven